everyone. Welcome to the Lead DevRel podcast, where we weekly bring you the latest news in DevRel, developer marketing, and in tech generally. Today, I have a very special guest together with me. But before moving on, I'm Dani Passos, as you already know, a DevRel leader in Lead DevRel. And today I'm presenting the podcast by myself, so we don't have Sabrina here shining together with us, unfortunately. But compensating for that, I have this amazing guest, Diogo Torres, which is a senior product designer and currently rebranding the whole DevRel structure. And I would love to get an introduction from you, Diogo, and also a little bit about your background, your interests, and whatever you want to share with us today. So, so I'm I'm so glad to for you to have me today. Uh, I'm Diogo. I'm Brazilian-based product designer. I'm actually a designer by formation, so I've been working with graphic design, product design, UX, UI design, and I've been doing UX. I've been doing interfaces. I've been doing brands and all that. I'm actually very passionate about design. I believe that design could all, uh, really make some difference when we talk about tech and tech companies. I love that. And I can definitely see like design playing a huge difference, especially when I myself as a developer or a marketer or in my DevRel shoes, I'm navigating through a product. So I can see the impact of design and actually like beautifying and actually structuring properly a UX design or developer experience together with a designer for a brand, right? So getting started with first things first, as you guys already know, Diogo has been uh, working together with Sabrina and I on the visual identity and the whole product design for what we're building at Lead DevRel. And Diogo, can you share a little bit more about what the work that you have been doing at Lead DevRel, your experience working with us, I hope only good things, <laughs> and a little bit more of what we have planned in our roadmap for our community. I think when Sabrina talked to me about this challenge to work with you guys, it was a very happy day for me because it, it, it was the possibility to work with some people that I, I've been following for a very long time. I've been a friend of Sabrina since it's been a lot of time, you know, uh, and for me, it was an uh, amazing opportunity. Right now, we finished the branding. I think at this point, we're just trying to uh, understand what's the next steps in design. We are doing the website. We are doing also working with new resources, also working with the possibility of creating new tools and create uh, a lot of things that the community could use and also that the companies could be a part of it. So I'm very exciting to working with DevRel at this point. Amazing. And I know that we, you emphasized and you uh, repeatedly said uh, building the visual identity, the UX design and all the side tooling for the community. I have a side question here for you. So how different is it for you building a visual identity in a product design for a community when comparing it to a company? So Danny, it's not a, it's not very different, but at the same time, it's quite different, you know, because it's not a linear process in both of them. I think that the companies you had to, you have to work with the, the stakeholders 
way more. And when we're talking about a community, we're talking about uh, trying to understand the community and understand the, the people who are trying, who we are trying to to deliver or design. But in the end, the, the results are the same, you know? And then we, we are trying to make a, a brand where we are trying to make a logo. We are trying to make that it is what it is, identity. We want to the people of the community uh, feels not only safe, but feels part of something. And I think that is the, the most important thing when we're talking about creating a brand. It's being a part of it, you know? And I think that is the, the, the thing that we want to achieve with Lead Devrel branding. I love that. Do you think there is like a, a difference in terms of the playfulness of a visual identity? For example, like our identity that you have built at Lead Devrel is very fun and the letters are kind of like fluffy and big and kind of like more like a drawing kind of thing instead of being like just a sincere font and very structured and so on. Does that also play a role when considering building a brand or building like a visual identity literally for a community in comparison to a company or let's say a more serious type of brand, right? You know, you bring me back to the classes of semiotic with the, this question, because I think <laughs> when we're talking about typography, when we're talking about serif or no serif, we're talking about communication in the end. We're talking about mm -hmm. the way that we want to be perceived. We're talking about the way that our designs can make appearance or just uh, the way that it looks for the people. And when we're talking about companies and talking about communities, it's most like the same. I think I think I, I say that a lot, but it is the same, but it is different. It is the same because in the end, what we're looking for is trying to make the people connect. But the ways that we use to, to do that is very different because when we're talking about a fluffy or fluffy or more typing or more like uh a very funny typography we're talking also about what is in the identity what is a value inside a, a company because mm -hmm. it has companies that have a, a more funny spirit you know and we can also use that kind of resource for serious company because it, it could be serious at the same time, it's, it's joyful, right? But Amazing. I think yes. from the community, we had a other thing. We had a possibility to not only be uh, funny, but also to have and trying to understand how the community reacts to it. And that's amazing about typography because typography is the very soft design. I always believe that I'm very passionate about typography ever since I started college. So I think that could be the way that I see the thing. Such a really great perspective. I mean, I personally am also really passionate about fonts and typography. Obviously, as you can imagine, I don't have the same proficiency or skills that you have because I do know that you have designed uh, lead DevRel's branding and some of the fonts for the lead word by hand. So when drawing the lead word and every single uh, character for the word, how did you ca came across um, that concept and 
How did you, what could you understand from Lead DevRel's audience to put together this visual identity specifically? I think at this point in time, kind of not the, not the usual creative, you know, because I like to hear a lot. It's not like I came by myself. It's, it's you guys, you guys give me the, the, the path, you know, that I want to go. It was talking to you and talking to Sabrina that it makes me realize what's the, the, the path I'm going to be with the typography. And I think that is amazing because you guys are like the speakers from the community, community for me at mm -hmm. that point. It's like you guys are talking to me. And when we are, you are talking to me, at the same time, I feel like I'm kind of being part of the community by myself, you know? And it was that that made me realize the, the way that I want to go. It is fluffy. It is 3D. It is a lot of things. But it's just because I think that the, the community is formatted by people who could appreciate that, that type of the drawing, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. it's not a very, it's not a very uh, technical drawing. At, at, at some Maybe. point I had to, to let it go with the technical things at some points to keep drawing and making the things the way I, I could feel that the community could be more embraced. That's amazing. And so I almost feel like Sabrina and I were kind of like the developer advocates or the developer relations connecting the community to you and literally building the feedback loop that we build for tech companies, but literally to you so you could get the path and the understanding of one, who they are, what are the pain points and how do they want to be seen and communicate to us well. So it makes total sense. Like, And also when we were designing this whole visual identity together, what we had in mind together with you was the one, even though our community is very much formed by technologists and professionals and people who really navigate the, the coding and programming and the technicalities of this side of the world heavily day, day by day. We also wanted to represent people who love sharing conversations, sharing stories, and just being fun and playful all the time. And I think you did an amazing job conveying that in our logo, in our visual identity, and the branding overall. So I love it. It's amazing. I think uh, it's amazing how it is a community that was built on Twitter. And that is also a big uh -huh. part of it because it's like, it's the internet people, you know? It's like, I feel like my grandpa saying the internet people, but <laughs> it, it, it's so what it feels like, you know? It's like... Yes. It talks with the meme, meme culture, meme culture is talk about also the, this kind of communication that happens only on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I think that mm -hmm. it, it was amazing. It's like, it has a book that say that the media is the message. So I think that, that that's the point. The media is also a huge part of the process. I love it. I love it. And I think you conveyed everything very well. But now, even talking about the product side of things of Lead DevRel and your whole experience and career in terms of being a, an excellent product designer together with a lead brand strategist and graphic designer. I'd love to know from you, what are some of the key factors that you take in consideration when creating a successful UI UX for a product? Danny, 
Success is a very fluid concept, you know. Uh, when we're talking about design, we are talking about also listing. That's the, the, the key point, point when we're talking about uh, building successful UX products or, or build successful products at all, not only for designers, but all, for everybody. Because we had to, to listen the, not only the, the users, that's maybe the, the, the principal point, but also the company. We had to, to hear what the company had to say, because in the end, are they who are doing the decisions. And at this point, the designer had to be the had to advocate for the need users from for the boss. But also, he's just gonna listen you up if you are taking the company needs contemplated in the project. You know. Uh, also, the data the data is very important. I think designers should really get into data and study more about data because. That is maybe one of the most important things when we are trying to measure things in design. That's super interesting. And if you don't mind me tapping in your, your, your sentence here, like in the middle of everything, but my question to you now, as you know, I don't know if you know this, but the audience surely knows for how much I emphasize this, but I'm very passionate about metrics data and trying to measure things, especially when it comes to DevRel, because DevRel is usually a very misunderstood word. Like uh, it's too broad, I would say, and not a lot of people know how to one, set a roadmap, set a strategy, and two, as they cannot set those foundational factors, they cannot measure what they're doing, basically. So when you talk about data and measuring things, like what do you usually measure when building UI UX for a product or building an overall product design strategy? When I'm talking about data, it's like you, you had to sit down talking with your stakeholders, stakeholders and understand what you want to achieve with the product. And that is the most important thing when we're talking about product design, because you, you have to understand what the things that you want to be measuring. And some of the things are very difficult. Like sometimes I, I take myself trying to discover how I'm going to measure happiness, how I'm going to measure inspiration. That, that are very well, subject, subjective concepts, you know, are not very easy mm -hmm. to take a number or understand which action, which point it is the point that is going to indicate that to me. I think that that is the, the beautiful part of the process as a designer, because it's not very, very easy to make, uh, to transform things like happiness, sadness, uh, or even how the people get frustrated. Usually we could ask, but asking all the time if the people are happy or unhappy with the product, it's not going to work so well because usually the people doesn't respond with the honest that, that we need. And we have to <laughs> find tools and research to that. So I think when I'm trying to make a product, it's not only about beauty, but it's also about beauty because... Let's be honest, who wants to use a glass product? Yes. The beauty is, is an important part when we're talking about product design. When we talk about design, 
we have this misconception that design is not about aesthetic anymore, it's about functionality. But that's just some shit that we took from the modernist era, the Bauhaus era. That's not very true because beauty is part of the experience. So Absolutely. maybe we not talking about measure beauty, but we're talking about measure the experience and make the experience and understand the experience is part of the how beauty a product is or how not only beauty, but how connected the product is with the the senses and the aesthetic that users have or, or understand that is necessary. That's awesome. I know that you mentioned a little bit about using ugly ass products and non-aesthetic products in general, and also like the sense of beauty of the end user as an example. But even when going through all those decision points when designing a product or analyzing the UI UX to of okay, analyzing the UI UX of a product, how do you actually balance the design rules? And for example, any design technicalities or any rigid type of rules with the actual aesthetic appeal in your design. When we are talking about uh, aesthetic and technical, that's not two apart concepts in the end. Because let's be honest, we, we are Brazilians. When I saw a, a, a product that the aesthetic are not on point, I will think that it is a scam. <laughs> it is because it looks like a scam. Probably it is a scam. So yeah. the technical part and the aesthetic part are complementary, and we are talking about trying to make things beauty. And I think that is the real job of the designer: is taking a, a challenge, taking a, a a technical problem, and try to make this not only useful not only with a good experience but also make aesthetic being a designer is that you know uh is this this one conversation that makes or talking about ux design is about functionality is about is more important to make it easy than make it aesthetic but that's not true because there's no experience that is not merged by by the aesthetic it's not and i'm not talking about just doing beautiful things. It's not exactly about beauty because aesthetic is not about beauty in the end. The aesthetic is part of the experience. So I think uh, aesthetics is just one more challenge when we're talking about design. And it, it is a designer's job, you know? Make things in a certain way prettier is part of the job and you have to do the job. You know? Absolutely. And even when doing the job and executing it. And I know that you put a lot of care in every single piece, in every single corner, every single dot that you design. So I imagine it can be a lot of work to work with us developers when actually, let's say, launching certain projects and reviewing anything that a developer may ship and kind of like, hey, can you reveal this? Is this accurate with your designs? So. What is the best way for you to work with the developer in processing feedback to them and actually like structuring a whole design process with them? So I'm going to be honest. 
I, I really love a, a good fight with the developer. I think that is make the, the things in the. <laughs> I think that make the things funnier and makes the thing that exciting about doing a product is about also fighting with the developer. But uh, let's be honest, in the end of the day, we are building a product together. And mm -hmm. more than, than, than have feedback or give feedback is about discussing things. We had this possibility with work so near from the people that are going to make our things possible. When we're talking about graphic design, we doesn't have the, that opportunity most of the time because we are dealing with the uh, people that are making our designs and and using our designs and things like that. But especially when we're talking about product design, we are very near. We have a, a developing our team. So discuss the product, understand the, the, the needs, but also speak what you believe that is the best of the product, because that is our job and make the, the decisions together. You know, it, it's not about being in uh, other other's room and waiting for the, the developer came and start to Below talk and shit about our designs. Uh, <laughs> it's not about that. It could be, it could be about that, but but doesn't have to be. So even when you're, you're thinking about that process and not getting separated from developers when building something, let's say in an ideal world, or let's say an ideal company or team that you have worked with, uh, do you usually follow a structure when designing and building a product? For example, okay, I do the wireframe first and I check with the developer, then I continue developing to a high fidelity uh, prototype and then I check with the developer. Like how is this structure and feedback process from both teams when you're building a product? Yeah, I think the designer is like advocate of the devil at this point <laughs> when we're talking about companies. Because the developers are an important part of the process. Maybe I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that the most important part of the process because I'm, I don't want to <laughs> give that to you guys. But it is a part. So we had to be talking with developers, but we also have to be talking with business. And usually business had the, the final word when we're talking about products. Because they are the one with the money. We have to understand the business needs, but we also need to understand the technical issues what the, about the needs of the business. So it's, more, it's very common. I check it with the wireframes and trying to translate the business needs into wireframes. I first check with them. And also before that, I start talking with the developers. Prototyping, that's the part when developers, I usually make the developers come together because it's very common for me trying something new and send a message for a developer of the team and say, hey, do you want to see something that I'm trying to make and talk to me if that makes sense when we are talking about not, not only the front end, but the back end and all the issue tree, if the, we had money to implement this and with it makes sense with the, all the product because that is the part that more, most important. It's trying to make the things uh, going together. And for me, I, I doesn't have a problem that I only going to show my design when I'm finished it. No, it's not that I'm trying a new, a new component and 
part of trying and testing this new company component is talking about the, with the developer and trying to understand if for they that makes sense and maybe fight about it but that's a part of the job <laughs> that's so great my next question to you i definitely want to go back a few steps and ask you how do you measure the success of your designs i know we talked a little bit about success and all that a little earlier but are there like any steps or any more concrete tips that you can provide for either developers or designers like yourself or companies when trying to measure the success of a product design and so on. It's about sitting down with the stakeholders, define KPIs, understand what they want, understand what the users want and make that measurable. You know, it's like trying to discover the best way that looking for those KPIs, look for those, uh, those points of pain of the, the user And if we want to make these things accessible, and if we want to make these things not only accessible, but also uh, visible, we want to have those things defined at the start of the project. We have mm -hmm. to keep to take the KPIs before starting design, because that, that, it, that, that is the way that we want to know if our product makes sense or, no, or not, because It's about making sense also. Even when talking about data, I mean, liking or not, that often touches adoption for a product, right? So people starting to use a particular product that you have built or that you collaborated with someone or a team to have that product built. So in what ways do you think good design actually impacts the adoption of either consumer or developer tools or products in general? So good design can prove a lot of things, the, the ways the, the things are perceived. But I think uh, the proper idea of value is connected with good design. But this discussion, this discussion we could take by the, uh, the idea of value is connected with the good design, you know? Uh, but I think that's the discussion could yeah. also be uh, in the other way, you know, it, it, it's more about how bad design affects the adoption. Because the truth is, the way it, it's way easier to lose someone forever than conquer a new one. So, Absolutely. design it's like good design is about good communication. I can see the similarities between let's say ourselves in DevRel or as dev advocates trying to conquer and win over a new developer uh, and having the developer going through let's say a website that has a terrible developer experience terrible navigation terrible design and also uses too much jargon doesn't communicate what the product does very well and losing that developer forever right because If you can't understand in, let's say, five, 10 seconds what a product is all about, or let's say you go to a documentation for a new product or a new tech stack, and you can't understand what they do or start building something fast together with that product, you're going to leave, right? You already have potentially, you potentially already have a set of tools, a set of stacks, a set of frameworks that you use in a day-to-day -day basis. So it's easier for you as a developer or a product user to just come back to whatever you're using and you know that works instead of having to 
discover and imagine like, will this work for me if I can't even understand what they do, right? So I can see the similarities on this and I 101% agree with you that it's so much easier to lose someone or let's say lose a developer, lose a potential new user than actually educate someone about a new product, a new framework, a new documentation and whatever you're trying to build. If your experience, your design, your communication is not there, right? Right. It's exactly that. Because in the end, uh, we're going to try to make the things accessible. We want to try to make the things uh, the way in, in this era, when we're talking about internet era, we never come back to see because we, we had so much information all the time. And if we doesn't have all the things that are necessary to make our experience and understand if that kind of thing is going to make our job or our work that we want to do. I think, especially when we're talking about the internet era, we are talking about live, live forever, you know, because when we are doing and making the things that we want and we are searching for, we are not searching for a new, a new, product we are not searching we are searching for ways for doing the things that we want to do it's about the job that i want to do you know so i think that that that's the most important point because we had to communicate well because it's like in the first time the people gonna see if that product or that you no know, that documentation that new tool is the one for they and if Absolutely. they think it is yeah. not, they go away. So even when building different projects and taking different decisions, can you tell us a little bit more about potentially an example of a design decision that was driven by performance consideration? Yeah, of course. Uh, I've, I've been trying to... Because I think it's part... Yeah, of course, I, I, I can. I've... When we're talking about design, we're talking also about performance, you know, because the developers uh, had a, a very unique perspective that they can give us to try to improve the product. And when we're talking about performance, we're talking also about the way we do things. And it's part of the problem. It has to, to, to be taken into consideration. It was very common for me trying to design some components for making the things more not not only easier but also thinking about the costs of the, of the things you know it's like when we're talking about design we're talking also about money we're talking design to be very honest design is a lot of things sometimes i get lost a little but it is money it is also money and thinking about how we can create great experience even when uh, the things are not the way we expected, it's part of the, the jobs, part of the making good experiences. And mm -hmm. a good experience starts also when we are talking with your, our team because we, we, doesn't, we doesn't want to make the things uh, not makeable, you know? We need to make the things work the way they should. and. Usually, we doesn't have to be very catchy with our designs. Very, it's like ego. Ego is is not a very 
it's not a skill for designers because we're seeing our, our designs go into trash all the time. And it's okay. It could be used in other time, in other projects, and could be used in other moments. But sometimes it's okay. We give away some the things that we think it's not working for that project. I have a few outstanding questions. Uh, a couple more. I know we are going over time here by now, but can you share with us what are some of the biggest misconceptions? about designing projects and products in general? Designing products, it's a field that could make a lot of things, but it's like everything's possible, but at the same time, we're not talking about a intuitive field, you know? It's not about how we feel, feel it about it. It's about a lot of research and to create a, a very good looking, UI, we have to have a very good looking research before, you know, we have to understand mm -hmm. way better than the users have to understand who are our target. We had to understand a lot of things. And I think, especially when we're talking about design, we're talking about all the, the process. We're talking about, uh, since the, the, the first idea, since the MVP, since the, the first testing, and since the, the, the concept proofing, but also we are talking with the final product. So design is all the way. Design is about research. Design is about beauty also. But design is about testing. Design is about uh, understanding that things are going to change with time. Because most of the time, none of the products it doesn't have that kind of thing that the furniture projects had some time ago when we're talking about design. When we our designs doesn't correspond more like the time we are making, they are not become icons of design. Maybe we become mm -hmm. uh, stone pieces of the the some time, but design, especially for digital products. We are talking of constant change. Amazing. And even in this constant change front, what kind of trends have you been observing and following lately in terms of product design and building product? I'm not a trend guy. To be very honest, I think that I never been an early adopter of anything, any social media. I think right now at this point, I don't know how to use TikTok. So <laughs> I'm not very a trend guy. Uh, I know that probably some people, when we're asking about the trends in design, are talking about the newest UI aesthetics or something like that. But really, when we're talking about the future of product design, we're still talking about scaling. You know, we're still talking about uh, make the thing scalable. We're still talking about saving money because that's very important. We're still talking about make your, our products safe. That is something that is very on topic right now because we, are, we want to make so safest products. We want the people feel safe when they're giving the personal information for products. But I think that when we're talking about trending, we're talking about exactly that. And to be honest, it's fair to say that uh, we're talking about every other tech trend at this point we're talking about uh 
new problem because our problems in the tech industry are the same then we are talking also about emerging tech we are talking also about make web3 accessible we are talking about working with ai we are talking about augmented reality we are talking why not about crypto also i think uh all the points are are like the trending points and it's not only trend but it's also i think that come to stay and things that we need to see way more when we're talking about product design. I love that. Well, as we have been going over time, I do have to say that love having you here together with us. I love learning from you. I'm always learning from you every single day as we have been building LeadWell all together. So thank you for your time. Thank you for accepting my invitation and jumping into this recording with me. I really appreciate you as you already know. But I want to ask you if you have any last thoughts, any key takeaways to share with our audience today and any last things you would like to say? I think firstly, I want to be, I'm very grateful to, for you to receive me today. I think that this conversation was way better than I think it could be. So thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad. I think that us as designers, we could learn a lot with you guys also i think the developers are a big part of our job and i think that with our feedback your feedbacks and understanding how the community could uh are feeling about it's very important to me as a designer so i'm very glad to have this opportunity not only talk to you danny but also talking to the community i hope to see you and hear a lot way more about you guys absolutely well understanding more about our community who's the target audience who's the key person what are the stakeholders expecting uh, how can you convey certain topics certain terms build a user journey and all that i know that all of that's just a small piece of what you and product designers do in an everyday job so i'm really glad to understand a little bit more and see the behind the scenes from what you have shared with us today and for you guys in the audience thanks for tuning in learning together with me about Diogo in every insight and takeaway he could share with us and I hope to see you guys here next week for another episode of Lead DevRel if you guys are not aware we're also waiting for you in our X spaces they are held every Wednesday and also in our Substack, there is also published every Wednesday sometimes Thursdays so thank you all for being here and thanks for tuning in to this episode. See you next week. Bye-bye.